Welcome to It's Art, Let's Talk About It, a podcast sponsored by the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, Texas. Located in the heart of the Texas Hill Country, the museum is dedicated to the preservation and promotion of the American West, especially through the art of the West. In this podcast series, we'll visit with artists, art collectors, and gallery directors working in the Western art genre. We'll talk about the history and heritage of Western art, and we'll talk about why talking about Western art is so important. I'm Daryl Beecham, the executive director of the museum, and I'll be your host for It's Art. Let's talk about it. The podcast is a member of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. In this episode of It's Art, Let's Talk About It, we visit with one of the newest members of the Cowboy Artist of America, artist Jack Sorensen. We'll talk about his career and the many stops along the way to his achievement of becoming a member of what many consider to be the most prestigious group in the Western art world, the Cowboy Artist of America. And we're joined today by our good friend Jack Sorensen, one of the newest members of the uh, a Cowboy Artist of America, and welcome to the podcast, Jack. Thank you very much. I yeah, this it. is a pretty exciting time for you. Um, let's talk first about your career and kind of what's led you to this moment here right. at the CA. Where, where'd you get your start? Well, I could always draw. My mom used to love to tell a story that I would put our dog up on the couch and try to sketch him. And if he jumped down before I was done, I would slam my tablet down. And I said, Mom, I don't remember that at all. How old was I? And she said, three. So that tells you it was just a gift I could always draw. So you've been drawing your entire life. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then and my first day of first grade, my teacher called my mom and said, I think Jack is a prodigy. My mom didn't know what that meant. She said, what did he do now? <laughs> But I could always draw, and I, I knew that's what God wanted me to do because I always figured he wouldn't have given me that gift if he didn't want me to pursue it. And so even when I was breaking horses and driving a stagecoach and all that for our dad's uh, frontier town, I always knew I was going to be an artist. And so You kind of known it from the very beginning. Absolutely. So when do you think you became a professional artist, and why Western art? Well, I love anything to do with the Old West. I'm horse crazy, and I broke 96 horses in a little over five years. And I just, I love everything about it. I grew up on Westerns, you know, Rawhide and Gunsmoke and all that. And then having a Western town that we had, uh, you know, I, I just was in the middle of it all the time. And I loved the Old West. Uh, I paint about two-thirds Old West and about one-third modern-day cowboys, and I like the Old West because there's always the issue of danger, and I can have the cowboys, you know, looking alert at night or whatever because there was danger of Indians and outlaws and all that other stuff. You can't get that much drama in a modern-day painting. What about your formal training? I had—I was very blessed. I, I had— uh, scholarship at the University of Colorado and I went up there and they were doing abstract stuff and uh, collages stuff like that so I forfeited my scholarship and I just made a list of all the western artists I admired <laughs> and I started bugging them 
you know, and occasionally one would teach a workshop. And I was very fortunate to be in the first workshop here at this, the museum. And it was Harvey Johnson and Mel Warren. Oh, those are two greats right there. And, yeah. Sure. And the way they had it set up back then, they would choose the top two students of each class. And at the end of the year, they'd hold a show for the students. And mm-hmm. Martin Greeley and I were the two chosen for that class. And it ended up, I've been very blessed. Terpening picked me both times, the two workshops I took from him. And Gary Carter and Bill Moyers. I think I was picked every time. I did a lot of shows here as a student, and I was thrilled. And this museum means a lot to me. So you've been painting how long now? 49 years full 49 years. And last year, you were brought into membership of the Cowboy Artist of America. And let's talk about that that experience. That uh, year before last, yeah. I was voted in. They... It's been a goal of mine forever, and the way those guys operate, they you have to have a sponsor that's in the CA, right. and he speaks for you. You don't even go to the meeting where they discuss you. And I was fortunate to have Martin Greeley and Bruce be my sponsors, and unfortunately it took them 16 years to, to get me in there. <laughs> you know, we hear that story all the time talking to artists who never make it into the CA, oh, I know. right? I mean, and, and some that, you know, would say that they've been uh, sponsored four, five, six times, ten years, you know, I mean. I was at the point where and, I, I told Martin, I'm not going to bother you anymore. If I don't make it this year, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and he said, it took me 12 years. It did. It took, he's you know, one you, of the top artists If you could talk time. about one of the top artists of our time, it took him 12 years to get into the CA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's an organization that is pretty exclusive and, you know, it, yes. we talk about that all the time here at the former Cowboy Artist of America Museum, now the Museum of Western Art. Um, one of the first times that um, I've known about your work for, for years and years, but one of the first times that it really kind of made me scratch my head is why you weren't in the CA. So we were doing a boot print ceremony out back in the garden when sure. I first arrived. And um, uh, it made the news, made the you know paper. And a lady uh, emailed me and she said, well, how come y'all don't honor Jack Sorensen? And, and I my thought, sister. and I thought, well, no. <laughs> there's a local lady, and I said, I said, I, we don't select them, you know. And everybody, I guess, thinks sometimes when you honor, you know, when you have a ring of honor out back sure. to the museum and in, in concrete, that we have something to do with the selection process. It made me scratch my head, and I wondered, well, why hasn't he been brought into the CA? <laughs> you know, my my uh, wife asks me that all the time. So, <laughs> But now, you know, now that you're in the Cowboy Artist of America, uh, you know, it, it obviously it has a lot of blessing. But, oh, it's, um, it's life changing. But it also has a lot of other issues that come with to. it. Let's talk about those for a second. Let's talk about the blessings of the, of the CA first. Sure. Uh, I've been contacted by most of the museums now. They're interested in me now that I'm a CA. <laughs> and a lot of collectors will only collect CA members. Right. And so your workload man, it increases a lot once you're in because everybody wants the new guy for one thing because they know your prices will go up more compared to more established guys that have been in there a long time. Their prices don't increase as as rapidly. And so Brandon and I both were talking about it not long ago, and I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't know it was as (laughs) big. Just two little initials after your name. It's two little little letters. Who would know? (laughs) But it's been it's been such a blessing to me, and I love those guys, and they really truly want you to be a success. And 
I hear from them all the time, and I still have them critique virtually every painting I do. And they let me look at theirs occasionally. Well, and that can be, you know, the, the curse that we're talking about also is that sometimes, you know, you've been painting for almost 50 years, almost a half a century, and you've got guys who uh, haven't been painting that, you know, as long. And uh, it's always, it's you know, it's your peers, and sure. you get to listen to them, and you I want to. I'll tell you what, though, Daryl, as frustrating as, as it is to when I think I've finished a painting and they'll give me ten little tweaks to it, and it's frustrating because that may have been a month ago I finished that painting, so I, I've got to re-remember what palette was I using. <laughs> but they're right every time. They've never told me something that didn't turn out to be right. My my wife won't agree. She she likes when I put little flippant things in paintings, and the CAs don't like that much. They, I I used to always hide horny toads or tarantulas or something in my paintings just to give and I wouldn't even tell people about it I just let them find them when, <laughs> after they bought the painting and they don't like that so I don't do that anymore well I think you need to you need to <laughs> kind of go back to the, you'll get to a point where you're comfortable telling them no occasionally you know well when I'm yeah when I'm one of the more established guys then I can say no you're wrong this is good yeah <laughs> one of the things we talked about uh and in our show, 40 Years of Western Arters, are some of those heroes. Mm -hmm. So who were your heroes in the Western art genre growing up? Well, uh, of course, Turpening. And I was blessed. He only taught three workshops in his whole career. Right. And I took two of them. And he, I'll tell you a story about him, what a generous man he is. We were painting on one of the ranches around here, and I was kind of out in the pasture away from everybody else. I was painting a Marin Colt. And... Uh, the rest of the group broke for lunch, and I wasn't with them, so I didn't know when they broke for lunch. And so I was kind of by myself out in that pasture, and Turpin comes walking over the hill, and I had just blocked in the Marin Colt. I hadn't done any of the landscape or anything. And he said, do you mind if I finish that for you? And I said, well, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wouldn't give anything for that I wouldn't take anything for that painting. He did everything except the two horses. And I told my wife when I got home, I wish I hadn't blocked in those horses. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might have painted those he in for you. Have, he might have. Got to sign your name to it. Yeah. Very, very generous man. And I found out that most of the guys, the bigger they are, the more generous they are with young And, you know, artists. we put together the show, 40 Years of Western Art, and one of the problems uh, that I faced was finding a a good Howard Turpening, well, they're all good, but finding Howard Turpening that someone would uh, put a place on loan to the museum sure. for, for 78 days. And uh, so I called Howard and said, you know, I've got a problem. Of course, he said, just the one. You know, I mean, <laughs> And I told him, I said, nobody's wanted to loan me a painting. And he said, let me send you one. And he sent one from his personal collection. See, that doesn't surprise me at all. And, uh, you know, he... You know, he stepped up, yep. and, I mean, that's old school, and that's that's one of the things I know and love about him and, you know, known him a long time. So, you know, he's one of the heroes of the, the Western art world. When he was so. doing workshops, he always would try to push us beyond what we were used to. And one day we would have a Indian in full regalia. The next day we'll have ballerinas and <laughs> letars and... It was good, though. He was always constantly pushing yeah. us beyond what we thought we were Other doing. than turpening, you mentioned guys like Howard Johnson, Martin Greeley, Bruce Green. Martin and I started out together, and I, he was just one of the most talented people I've ever been around. 
Uh, nowadays, Tyler Crow, I would put in that category too. I used to teach workshops on how to paint a horse from life, and Tyler and I were good buddies, so I invited him to come if he wanted to visit my class. He wasn't a student or anything. He, he just came, and so we're painting horses from life each morning and each afternoon. And uh, I probably over the years had 200 students, and he was by far the most talented. You know, we've been we've both been in this business, the art world business, longer than Tyler's even been alive. Oh, I know. You know, I know. <laughs> so, what a great young man, a great family, and and boy, he sure does seem. Well, to... I, I'll tell you, I, I'm worried about this new generation, and I pray for my grandkids all the time because things have slipped so much. But Tyler and I were driving to Arizona one day, and. Uh, I was listening to Ernest Tubb on the radio, and uh, he sang Thanks a Lot, and Tyler knew every word, and I, th <laughs> I thought, there's hope for there's America. There's hope for America right there. <laughs> Let's talk about your uh, boot print ceremony here at the Museum of Western Art. Sure. You, seem to, uh, you seem to really enjoy that, that day. It's very humbling. I'm with, you know, Joe Baylor was my hero, and those guys that have done their boot prints, you you don't know what that means to me. Yeah, we talked about it the other day. You and I did uh, Joe Beeler's number one on the first row, and you're, no, you're the last one I'm on the last row. <laughs> but you're just directly opposite of each other, and I think that's, that's pretty cool. He was, he was really a good guy, and he, because I was an old cowboy, he kind of identified with that, you know. So the time I studied with him, it was, it was fun. He was good. For our podcast listeners, the Museum of Western Art has a, a garden out back of the museum, and in that garden there are uh, concrete blocks, and we uh, encourage the new Cowboy Artist of America members. And we've been filling in a, a great number of them uh, oh, I, in the last number of years. Sure, Darrell. I, I yeah. appreciate you doing that. Yeah, and, it, and it's been fun having, getting the guys here. Um, there was a period there where we missed doing that mm -hmm. a lot. And um, so, they, you know, the guys come in, they put their handprint, their boot print, and get to put their CA brand down into the concrete. And I noticed the other day uh, you were on campus here, uh, taking friends out to kind of show them, you know, your spot. Well, I told them that's where I'm going to be buried. You know, <laughs> you know we've told we told children that, you know, come through in grade school things, and I think a lot of them believe it, you know. And uh, I remember which artist it was. It was uh, Gosh, it might have been Jason Skull. So he was going to get a chock full of nuts can, you know, be cremated and put underneath his stone out there. But, you know, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, that, that ceremony, those kinds of things, uh, you know, are important in the life of an artist. i tell you something, as a legacy – you can't beat what this museum has done for us. You really can't. It's it's unbelievable. I'm I'm like I said. I'm very humbled to be in that circle. Well, it's a, it's it's an honor to have you there, and um, you participated in your first ever Cowboy Artist of America show this past I did. Uh, October November, mm -hmm. uh, 2022. Talk about that experience for just a second. Well, I'll tell you. <clears throat> Every year I have a one-man show in Santa Fe during Indian market, and I've noticed that when the stock market is down or cattle prices are down, it affects the sales over there. But at the CA, it's such there's so few of us, and it's such a high level of clientele, I don't think they're affected by stuff like that. They've had a couple of really great shows back to back to back it's in Fort Worth. It's yeah. amazing and if you think we did 1.3 million last year and Martin only had a, a small painting there and he's our big money yeah. guy. If we can get <laughs> to have a couple of big ones I think we'll do really well. <laughs> Talk about collectors and uh, your collectors especially seem to be very, um, I don't want to say rabid, 
but they're dedicated. I've been very blessed, and the gallery says this to me all the time. I have more repeat buyers than any other artists they do because here's what I think. I do a lot of storylines and action and stuff that people can identify with, and I think when they put it in their home and they get the reaction from their neighbors and their friends, then they want to buy one. And so I think that's that's why it's like that. But you met last night. I had clients here that own over 20 of my yeah, paintings. Yeah, no, I talked to a lady. That's what I was about to say. I talked to a lady that's 20-some-odd paintings of yours. And, and, you know, she was, she was again, I don't want to use a rabid. It, it, it seems kind of, you know, uh, that, that's, that's derogatory. But dedicated, absolutely dedicated to, you know, uh, I'm very, enjoying your art. I'm very blessed. I have several clients like that. And... The gallery, I just, I'd been with Joe Wade for almost 30 years, and then when they closed, I went to Mountain Trails, which is now Santa Fe Trails, and Santa Fe Trails cannot keep my paintings. They, as soon as I give them one, they sell it, and they're trying to get me to raise my prices, but I want to keep them moving like they're moving, so I'm a little hesitant. We visited the other day. That better not be a complaint. Uh You've worked your entire life to have this kind of success. My wife, see, in my life, I've always had God first, family second, and art is third. And ask any of my friends, they'll tell you, I really do live that. I make sure I make time for my kids and my grandkids. Let's talk about your family real quickly. Uh, because I do know your faith and your family play a huge, huge role in your yes, uh, in your life, and I think it reflects in your art. A lot of your your art. Talk about that relationship between. I, I hope it does. I'll, I'll tell you, Gene and I had five kids, <clears throat> and both of us were home all the time. I didn't have to leave home to work. I got to stay at home and paint. And uh, Gene just raised the kids, concentrated on raising the kids. All my kids went to. Uh, Catholic school and I don't I I don't want to sound like a jerk but I have a lawyer a doctor a college professor a therapist and a special ed teacher out of my five kids you know it's not bad when you spend you know I've been very blessed myself with with great children who are doing well my kids are, are I mean they blow me away I can't I can't believe what good people they turned into. <laughs> it's probably due to their mother, right? Yeah. I give her full credit. I was the designated hitter. Gene would yell at me and say, come here and hit Josh. I'd, <laughs> I'd say, what did he do? She said, just spank him. Just spank him <laughs> for me, yeah. Talk about Western art for a second. Do you see Where do you see the the genre going? Is it on the uptick or, or we've leveled off or do you think it's declining? I don't think Western art will ever go away. It has ebbs and flows where Star Wars were, was real popular in the early 70s. And then, you know, after Lonesome Dove, it's back to Western stuff. Everybody wanted to wear boots and hats and all that. And uh, Urban Cowboy, you know. You know, as a Western art museum, we talk about all the time, uh, we can't wait for the next great Western to come out. Absolutely. You know, because it, it, it buoys our everything we do. You know, people seem to take a real interest in well, You know, in it. after Lonesome Dove came out, I got more requests to figure out how to put a pig in the painting <laughs> than I ever had done. <laughs> Let I the never... pigs ride in the wagon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of a throwback to Gus and, and Call and, and, and all of that. Well, a, a dear friend of mine worked on that movie, and uh, he was the eight, the wardrobe ager. And they stained the hats and all that sort right. of thing. And so I asked him, after, 
years later, I said, get me one. How many Gus hats did you make? And he said, I made six. I said, get me one. So the producer had one, director had one. I don't think Larry McMurtry had one, but <laughs> uh, Robert Duvall. Anyway, nobody would sell them. I told him I'll pay up $2,000, give me one of those hats. He couldn't get one. So he said, Jack, I made the other six. Let me make you one. And he made it with the stains, the wang leather. It's Gus's hat. I mean, he didn't wear it in a movie, but he, he and I watched Lonesome Dove together, and every stain, every little stain on that hat's exactly. <laughs> I don't know how they do that. But he was telling me, when we were watching the movie together, he said he would tell me about every scene. When we did this, so-and-so was in a bad mood. And he mm. said, and it was, it was a blast. Why I do you think it. Western, uh, the Western art and Western world resonates with people? Because it never happened in the history of the world except during the 1870s and 80s here. And it was a very unique time. And I, that's why I think there will always be a spot for Western art because that's our history that's our knights in shining armor where the cowboys and the gunfighters and all that and when they have a good script you know make a good western it's it's popular worldwide and you know i when i was doing those leaning tree christmas cards all the time we would sell gobs of them in japan and germany and who would think that you know i wouldn't have known that but i was in amsterdam one time and i had cowboy boots on and the crowd said, are you from America? And I said, oh, I'm better than that. I'm from Texas. <laughs> and they swarmed me like I was giving away money or something. <laughs> they asked me a million questions. They want to know if we still have trouble with Indians. And I said, I know a few that give me trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's next for Jack Sorensen? I'll tell you. This is the truth, Darrell. All my dreams have come true. I was finally able to build my dream house on the rim of the canyon. I finally made the CA, and my paintings are in such demand. I do a lot of Western novel covers and prints and everything. I, I you know, I'm I'm hanging with the big boys now, and I, I'm I just want to continue to add to my library of work. But if I died tomorrow, I won. I mean, I really believe that. That's what I, winning's all about right there. Absolutely. And yeah. I've been blessed in every way. And even when I was breaking horses and I was painting in my spare time, I, I knew, I never doubted I'd be a success at it. It was just a matter of time, and it's finally come true. Folks, that's Jack Sorensen, the newest member of the Cowboy Artists of America. And I say newest member, you and Brandon Bailey came in at the same time, actually. No, actually you were a Brandon, few minutes ahead of him, I think, Brandon's weren't you? the newest member. Is he? <laughs> I got to vote for Brandon. So <laughs> There you go. And we've got your stones backwards in the garden there, but you know. I don't mind being the end of the line right now. So right now it's it's pretty good. But Jack Sorensen, a, a new member of the Cowboy Artist of America and a, and a big friend and supporter of the Museum of Western Art and Jack, we appreciate you taking the time today to do, help honored, us out on the podcast. I'm honored to be part of this museum. And Thank thanks you. for having us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of It's Art, Let's Talk About It, a production of the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville, Texas. We hope you'll visit the museum in person. We're located at 1550 Bandera Highway in Kerrville, Texas. Find out more about us by going to www.museumofwesternart.com. 
And we hope you'll join us next time for It's Art, Let's Talk About It. The podcast is produced by the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network.